I know that was awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> Steph, you didn't sing. I gotta learn that. You Steph, do. Who's Steph? Steph, our our, <laughs> our fantastic new addition to the Hello. Work Hacks with Bossy Skirt podcast. Who yeah. doesn't know we sing our way in because we're dorks. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. No, <laughs> we are so thrilled to have you. I'm happy to be here. <clears throat> we just we sit around. Um, typically, our format is I find stuff either in the news or that interests me and I sort of come up with a point of view on it and then I throw it out to the group to get their perspective. Um, sometimes it's spot on, sometimes they're completely off base and then I try and wrap it up into some sort of actionable lesson for young professionals. Cool. That's what we do. I'm all about it. 30 minutes every week, here we go. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. I am a new member here at New Radio. I graduated from Eastern a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. Do you have any student debt? Yes, I do. (laughs) Not too much, though. I was lucky. I went to community college for a while, which I think was an awesome idea. Saved me a lot of money. But yeah, so now I'm done and working here, and I think this is a great opportunity. There's so many different things I can do here, and kind of letting me do whatever I want, and it's been great, yeah. Well, welcome aboard. Thank you. We need to do some shows on... um, the reality of the the millennial finance world because I'm oh, yeah. I'm working on a presentation for another project and I have a whole section on it and so this is all very fresh in my mind because I was updating the numbers for 2019. But just real quick, do you know how much? Um, can I get you some Pam? Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was looking for a pen. Do you guys know how much student debt is out there now? Oh a lot, gosh. isn't it? Like billion? Yeah, billions. Well, isn't was it Morehouse <gasps> College? Is that the name of the college that uh, the guy just, gave everybody yeah. a, a grant to? I know. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be That'd awesome? Be amazing. <laughs> Are we in the trillions in student debt? One point five trillion. Holy. I feel like that's most of our national debt. <laughs> and the the really scary thing: it's forty four million of you who are carrying it. And I mean, there's only 78 million total millennials, 61 million Gen Zs, and they're still in school, so they're not that part of that number yet. So much. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So then, to give you the other one, and again, we need to do like two, probably two shows around this once I have all of my information mm-hmm. done. But if you take uh, what you guys are making right out of school, which is pretty much flat to mm-hmm. where the baby boomers were, yeah, and then you subtract cost of living increases and your student loan debt, it's rough. Your personal wealth is half of what a boomer's was when they were your age. Oh, I can so say. So when I hear motherfucking Joe, Bri- Joe Biden yeah. say, if I hear one more young person talk about how old it is, I have no empathy. I, I my, my brain wants to explode. I, say, get some fucking facts, buddy. Right. Yeah. I get that, like, college professors need to get paid for teaching and all that stuff. You know, you have to rent rooms if you move away to college and all that, but it's way overpriced. Books should not be near $600. Well, Classes being over a couple grand for let per me, student. Let me educate you real quick. Schools are nonprofits, so they don't... All colleges? Yeah, they don't increase their pricing to make more money. The reason why what you're paying has gone up so much more is because their federal and state assistance has been completely decimated because of tax cuts. So the government used to help with that. And I know socialism is now like a, a dog whistle word, but I'm like, yeah, it's really easy for the boomers to hate socialism when they all benefited from a socialistic system that gave them an affordable college education. Yeah. It's all been taken away from you guys, which is why student loan debt has 
absolutely ballooned. They didn't have student loans because they didn't need student yeah, loans you could work because a college job. was yeah. affordable. Yeah. yeah. Don't even get me started. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I do not mean this to turn political, but I'm I'm doing all this financial work and it just blows me away. And these are all statistics right off of government websites. This is frustrating. And we've got politicians who are supposed to be representing you guys who don't even understand their own damn statistics. Mm-hmm. Guess what's the thing that excites the fuck out of me? What? Because you guys are such a huge generation. And because the birth rate is completely declining, you we're going to take over. You're going to be the dominant generation. Yeah. AOC, for, AOC for the next. <laughs> not only are you going to take over, you're already larger in the workforce than boomers. You are going to be the dominant generation for the next fifty years. What's AOC? No, you didn't. Okay. Chirp, chirp. Yeah, I was going to say play your cricket. Play your sound effect. She's a very, very progressive freshman member of Congress. Yeah, <laughs> that's you. Do you remember oh, that? that Alicia um, Cortez chick? Is that who you're talking about? Why did Why did you just there. say you're her name? There. Because What's AOC? AOC has become her um, her quick handle because yeah. there's a lot of syllables in her name. Yeah. But you have an assignment in working on your um, personal education to get to get some education about what's going on out there politically. Because y'all need to be fucking voting. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. I went and voted at the last election. Steps off soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Only temporarily. We're going to do two whole shows around the financial reality for millennials, and we're going to do it well well ahead of election year, because we're going to help get everybody educated on what the fuck is going on to you poor guys. (laughs) Anywho. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, we have never been that political. I've never been that political on this show before. I apologize. Um, so I ran across this really great, this really great thing about perspective. Um, you ready? Ready to get your mind blown, girls? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our little squad here. Mm-hmm. Do you know that there are three kinds of forever? Oh. Mm, never no. heard of that. I know, right? <laughs> she was like waiting, like, have you, have you heard of it? No. I dare no? you. Okay. I dare you. <laughs> Uh, you guys have heard me talk about Seth Godin, who is just, I think, a brilliant marketing strategist, and you guys should all subscribe to his blog. It's literally, it's it's a three-minute read. He sends it out every day, and it's always such an interesting perspective. This one came out a while ago, but God, the moment I read it, I'm like, I just love that man. Okay, here are the three kinds of forever to think about. And, it's, and the reason why he sort of framed it up is it helps you remember that... First of all, nothing's ever forever. And that can be helpful when it's a bad situation, Mm -hmm. and it can be grounding when it's a good situation. Okay, the first kind of forever is the forever of discomfort. Oh, lovely. (laughs) Right? So you're on a really uncomfortable airplane trip, and so it feels like forever. Or you're standing in line at the Secretary of State in really high heels. So it feels like forever. Ever, or yeah. you have to pee really bad, and Ooh, now the grocery. I hate that, okay. Literally, so isn't that so fascinating? I've never fascinating? felt something more in my soul. So that's the forever of discomfort. Yeah, gotcha. It's it's a it's like a myth. Well, it feels so real in the moment. Yeah. Because the discomfort is so strong. Yeah. But so stopping and reminding ourselves that wait a minute. It only feels like the forever of discomfort because it is so uncomfortable. Yeah. But it really is only a temporary yeah, state. Yeah, gotcha. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Okay. Um, the one that's probably... So that one's like a coping mechanism, I guess, to remember that there's a forever of discomfort. This one that is a... Um, I don't want to say it's a cautionary one, but it's a it's a very good one for us to keep in mind. And I've been very guilty of this. And he calls this the forever of plenty. 
which is everything is so good right now, I assume that it's going to go on forever. Oh, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> no, so you're in the middle of a fantastic relationship. Oh. It feels like it's going to go on forever. <laughs> yeah. I have this fantastic, well paying job. This company's never going to go bankrupt. Mm. This is going to go on forever. So we're, we are in that euphoria stage. Yeah. So that's the forever of plenty. Hmm. Yeah. So it's he he brought it up to again just like the forever of discomfort isn't forever mm-hmm. the forever of plenty isn't forever mm-hmm. so as opposed to thinking oh this is going to go on forever and then potentially make bad decisions or have our judgment be impaired his point is keep in mind nothing is ever forever including the plenty stage I don't know I just thought it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it mm-hmm. the forever of plenty yeah I am so guilty of that mm-hmm yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah. All righty then. Uh, this isn't going as well as I thought. <laughs> the last forever. I'm gonna have to really quick find another topic. Um, is the forever of never? Huh. Weird. And this is when something is so bad, I'm never gonna be able to escape. So mm-hmm. it's like the opposite of plenty. Like I hate this job. And I feel like I'm going to be stuck here forever. Or, you know, I don't have the skills that I need. And so if I don't get those skills, I'm never going to be able to move into another field. Like it's it's basically the, the prison that we build ourselves of perspective that say this is terrible and I can't find a way out. So instead, I'm going to wallow in the forever of never. Hmm. I know, right? That's depressing. Yeah. Right? Well, I so thought it's it was all bad. Well, <laughs> but it's. Tr- I mean, we can all do that. Yeah. I mean, I I remember um, I was going through a hard time once at a job, and I had a boss that I absolutely hated, and this uh, friend of mine had basically it was the forever and everything. She didn't call it that, but she said, "You just have to always remember whenever I get really frustrated with something, situations are very." Dynamic Things change very quickly. So if it's the forever of plenty, you know, a quick change can be bad because, you know, you thought that great job would last forever and you just got fired. Uh, But conversely, when something feels like there's no way out, you know, don't get hung up on the forever of never because everything always changes. Right. There's that old stupid phrase. The only thing constant is change. Mm -hmm, Yeah. So. Anyway, I just thought that was a really interesting little. That was literally a Seth Godin blog. The three forevers. I feel like there's a bunch of different ones. Really? Give Other me than, give me another forever. Um, like the actual forever. <laughs> <laughs> but see, we can't even wrap our heads around that. Yeah, like uh, I'll forever love my grandmother. That's never gonna change, no matter what, no matter what happens. Well, when you die, I'll, I'll still love her. Do you know that? Will you have consciousness? No, but I'll still love her. I think that was, yeah, that's adorable. Uh, I think his point was that we don't, we as humans can't experience the objective definition of forever. People, I feel like, have a hard time embracing change. Yes, I think that's very true, especially negative change. Stuff's always going to be different, you know. Boss could say something one week and change his mind and completely change something around for the next week, and that could be consistent, but. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 All right, well, uh, that was one thing I wanted to talk about. The other thing I wanted to talk about... <laughs> Enlighten me. 
Do you guys know who Charles Eames is? No. No. I don't think I don't so. know who anybody is. Oh, we have got to work on our personal educations. This guy, <laughs> well, first of all, he's he's an absolute legend in the design world. He he invented the Eames chair, which you guys have all seen. Uh, even though you don't realize that you've seen it because literally it's everywhere. I think he invented it in the late 50s or early 60s. Um, but uh, you guys have definitely seen. I, okay, if you're if you're online listening, go Google the image. I'm showing the image to the squad right now. You guys have you've never seen no. that chair. You've never seen that chair. Yeah, have you seen no. that chair? Okay, so, looks like a therapist chair. <laughs> well, it was it was groundbreaking um, because of how ergonomically comfortable it was. You know, back in the day. Is it bad for your posture though? No, if it's ergonomically supportive, that means it's actually good for your posture. Okay. okay. So it was it was an ergonomic chair that was also comfortable. And well, if it's ergonomic, it probably is comfortable right what? out of the gate. But they might be <laughs> ugly. And so it was beautiful. So for example, orthopedic shoes. Okay, they're Not usually cute. really ugly. So it, this is the equivalent of him coming up with orthopedic shoes that were sexy as hell. Okay, that was like it was groundbreaking. I mean, to this day, this chair is fifty-three hundred dollars. Holy, it's ridiculous. Well, so he went on to do all kinds of other um, creative endeavors. Did a lot of work with IBM. Anyway, he's just—if anybody studies marketing, branding, or anything in the design space, you're going to come across Charles Eames. Stephanie, you knew about him, right? You'd heard I've about seen him. Those oh, you'd seen the chair. Okay. He actually worked at freaking Cranbrook. What's oh. that? Cranbro. Oh, I'm sorry. Play cricket sound effect. <laughs> Anytime Jenny gives you that look, just play the cricket sound effect. Okay? Cranbrook um, is a local school <laughs> just outside of Birmingham. I think it's probably in Bloomfield Hills proper. Um, that's world renowned, um, right in our own backyards. And he was a professor there. Okay. Okay, so I didn't mean that background to take that long because I thought you guys would know who Eames was or at least about Cranbrook. Anywho, <laughs> I know about Cranbrook. I don't know anything. Okay, <laughs> well, good. Then I'm about to give you a knowledge bomb because he has this one really famous quote that I just think makes so much sense for a young professional. And that is never delegate understanding. Hmm. <laughs> He's getting ready to play it. <laughs> I feel like this whole episode is going right over. Okay, I'm going to back up. This is really, this is serious and it's important and it's valuable. So, um, and, and Kelsey, I'm going to use you as an example because of what you do. It's very highly technical over there, girl handling all of those pieces of equipment. If you, if you, um, let's say it's five years from now and you leave here and you're going to go over to iHeartRadio and you're going to run the control room. Man, that'd be cool. I know, right? And I'm going to make this shit up because this might not be true or not, but let's say they have an entirely different set of electronics over Probably there. Probably would, yeah. Okay, but you're the boss now, so you don't have to know how to run everything. I still want to. Because you never delegate understanding. You have to know how to do Ooh. something. What if one of your employees can't come in and you're there and you're the only extra body the show goes on and that makes sense at the first level of promotion mm -hmm. but now i'm going to ask you to expand your imagination and think um i'll use another example for you you're a movie producer someday oh that'd be cool too and you have 500 people on your crew and that's everybody from the director of photography to the person who's in charge of casting to the continuity people who make sure there are no coffee cups <laughs> on the 
Game of Thrones table. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of different trades and skill sets that you are overseeing. You're like the the builder, and they're like your tools, kind of. You have to know how to utilize if each you person's strength. If you don't understand what the job demands then you have delegated understanding. And a lot of people who end up moving up to very powerful positions of authority, Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, just out of sheer limits of time, lack of curiosity, uh, more consumed with power and status than actually being able to do the job, they will delegate understanding. And as a result, you don't do your job as well because you don't actually understand what it takes to do the job. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like the, do you guys, did anybody watch that Fire Festival documentary? Yeah. <laughs> Not the documentary, but yeah, I've seen Steph parts thought, of it. Yeah. That's a fantastic example of how he delegated understanding. Yeah. He had no idea what it took to get food on the island, porta potties on the island, beds and tents on the island, the showers, water. He, relied, he hired a couple of uh, key people and expected them to get it done without him understanding. So what he was selling to investors, what he was promoting as the concert versus what was actually happening were so different, he was sent to jail for fraud mm-hmm. because it looked like, well, he's somebody who should know mm-hmm. and he's telling us one story when something else was happening. That's like the ultimate example of delegating understanding. So back to Charles Eames, never delegate understanding. It's just such a powerful lesson. That and the Eames chairs really, really It looks really nice. Good looking. Yeah. <laughs> it really it was it was revolutionary. Oh. Have you ever time. sat in one? I have not had the pleasure. I think I've probably sat in a knockoff. <laughs> it looks like something you could find a knockoff of at IKEA. Yeah. I think a lot of people have stolen it over the years. <laughs> yeah. That's my guess. Uh, but no, I, I don't know anybody who has a $6,000 chair in their house. Oh. I want to know somebody yeah. who has a $6,000 hey, chair in high their places, house. man. <clears throat> That'll be our homework. Yeah. yeah, everybody <laughs> has to go find one. Um, the only other thing that I was um, thinking about kind of in this space <laughs> is... Uh, you guys hear me talk a lot. I am freestyling, bitch. Okay? This is what it looks like. This is bossy skill freestyling. Yeah. Yo, I can actually look at it, and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> we should totally videotape our show. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever heard the thing about uh, the risk of early feedback? Uh, I can't say that I have. Because I, I talk all the time about how important feedback yeah. is, right? So yeah, I but you can hype somebody up, and you think they're doing a good job, and then all of a sudden they, they flub the dub, and then you screw what? up. Before, flub Kelsey. your dub? Yeah. Do you know what that means? I've heard flub your dub, yeah. Alana. I think they say on Scooby-Doo that. a lot. I don't oh, know. Man. I just know that it means you fudged up. So, oh yeah, while well, I'm over here dropping F-bombs, you're saying fudged up. <laughs> okay, fucked up. <laughs> Whatever. Not that I'm encouraging you to use profanity, please. Oh, well, I'm just Sen- trying to be nice in the studio. Sentence. I talk like a trucker. Sailor. Sentence enhancers. <laughs> Actually, it's the exact opposite of what you're suggesting. So, Kelsey's example is, if you give somebody too much early praise, I'll say, is where you were going, you could end up being wrong as you get to work or with that person more. Or get their head all big. Or get their head all big. Um, the bigger risk is actually if, the, if you're really receptive to feedback and the early feedback is negative... You might, oh, you're going to bomb that person out. You, or you might give up on something that actually had a ton of potential. Oh. 
So my example here is going to be J.K. Rowling. I mean, we all heard the story, right? That People, Harry Potter was yeah. rejected like 125 and times or whatever. And she wrote it on whatever. napkins, the first one, and now look at it. So imagine if she had absorbed that early feedback, mm-hmm. the risk of and early feedback, up. and abandoned it. We exactly. wouldn't have the beloved eight movie. We wouldn't have Dumbledore. Seven book, fantastic Hagrid. series. Harry Potter world it. Right? Right? I mean, that just goes with, like, kind of saying, always chase your dreams and don't give up. And every time you fail, you're a step closer to success. Oh, listen to all those little Mm. blurbs coming out of Kelsey. That's cute. That is cute. Bumper sticker philosopher. (laughs) Fortune cookie over there. I can relate to this. First, you don't succeed. Try and try again. Have you been given some uh, early feedback that you ignored? I do it to myself. Does that count? Oh, absolutely. Especially with like blogs that I write. Personal criticism. You know, I'm typing something and I'm rereading it. I'm like, this is like, I feel like people are going to hate this. Like, even if I'm typing away and I think that this is amazing and I'm putting some good lines in there, and then I read it, I'm like, people aren't going to like this. And. Sometimes I'll end up publishing something like that, and people are like, that was great, you know? Mm-hmm. So you self-edit yourself. All the time. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. We actually talked about that on our creativity episode because Tony was making the comment, now that there's just so much content out there online, and because so much inspiration comes from consuming other content, he was like, sometimes I find myself starting to create, and I feel like, oh, wait a minute. I saw this someplace else. Yeah. He feels like he's plagiarizing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he gives feeling. up on an idea. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and really... Everything builds on the next idea and the next as idea. As long as it's not actual plagiarism. Right, yeah. word for you word. You gotta try. Right. You know? Yeah. Because you could make something similar to something else with a completely different idea. Yeah. And it could be better. It could it be, be better. Original. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite sayings is that your first idea is rarely your best. Well, I mean, look at Sony and Marvel. They had to remake Spider Man three times before they got the <laughs> character right. It is amazing how often all of life's lessons come back to Marvel. But it works. <laughs> it does. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I just feel like they got universe. it figured out. They they, they know they know what life is. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. I was just thinking. I need the crickets. I don't know how I can possibly expand on that. So so no. I have a question for you, Kelsey. Oh God, why? <laughs> she said why. <laughs> oh my God. Don't ask me anything. No, you just so you are so good at spewing like positive advice and like like we were saying like uh bumper sticker bumper wisdom sticker mm-hmm. wisdom yeah. right mm-hmm. so what are you working on that you're trying and trying again on not being depressed oh okay yeah uh, okay you know so, you have so, a bad day you try again the next day it's another bad day try again the next day and mm-hmm. sometimes it gets hard and i feel like this sucks. It's not gonna get better like that forever yeah, infinity of say, doom or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I've still got to come in here and try to be pleasant for everybody else. Uh huh. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. Is that like your your actual goal right now is to not be depressed? I feel like that's a really lofty goal. Lofty, big. I just want to. <laughs> I don't. I just want to be happy, and I I feel like I have a lot of moments where I am. So I just kind of want to hold on to that a little bit more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, I agree. Makes sense. I feel like I'm trying to surf a tidal wave of doom right now, so I'm just trying to nail it. 
Did you say you're surfing? A tidal wave, a tidal wave of, of doom. doom. And it's interesting that she said doom because she called Seth's forever of discomfort forever of doom. Like, <laughs> I'm like looking at my That's notes. Like, it's, not, movie. It's, this is just, it's not forever of doom. What are you talking about? This week is the tidal wave, and I'm trying to get through it uh-huh. and then start again next week. Okay. You know. So, so how are you coping with that? What are those hacks? Give us some hacks. Um, I'm finding pleasure in the people that care about me and talk to me, like my coworkers here. Um, are you keeping your cup full? No. She is this weekend. No. Yeah, I, w- I was just talking to my hair cutter, my <laughs> stylist. <laughs> I don't know what to call her. She's been my aunt's friend forever, so like I, I know her. So I was venting to her when I was getting my hair cut, and I was like, I just really need to find something I can go out and do quick, kind of easy that I enjoy while the weather's getting nice after my long, stressful days. Mm-hmm. And, and, we've, and we've established some things that you're interested in trying to incorporate. Golf, yeah. playing your instruments. Yeah. We'll Maybe. be joining a beer league of softball. Mm. Well, you can say what? <laughs> Music. Yeah. We yeah. talked about that a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I literally just found like an Avengers theme song done with an orchestra, so I know everything I own can play it. I just have to pick something up and try mm-hmm. to find music yeah. that I can read to get back into that. Mm-hmm. Just pick up. I, don't know, I feel like it's easier strong. to talk positivity than to actually live it. Well, actually, that is yeah. Talk the talk or walk the walk, right? Well, so like yeah, I do one and then try to do the so other. So I think it's important, and I will continue to hold you accountable to these things on a daily or weekly basis, whatever makes the most sense. But I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with you like I usually do on on you and your things that are going on in your life. I'm going to ask you. Well, I appreciate you for that. When's the last time you picked up that instrument? When's the last time you went golfing, played softball? I will, like, it's like having accountability is so important that if you don't hold yourself accountable, like, then then you got to ask somebody else, right? So, like. I guess kind of, but I feel like I put more thought into making sure I get stuff done here than actually for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get stuff done here, but I do some things for myself, too. Yeah, I, I need to work on that. Yeah, we'll work Just on that. Just a it. bit, yeah. you know. You burn out. A little bit. Yeah. But I'm trying not to let it affect me or ruin me. No, it's... It it's, won't last it, forever, as we learned. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it won't last forever. Well, good. Yeah. Um, but it also won't um, manage itself. So mm. being burnout out and learning to cope with being burnout out is one approach. But We're another approach might it. be uh, figuring out how to minimize or even eliminate the burnout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think the my, my, my vote goes for the immediate thing that you're looking for. Yoga? It's not even weather dependent. <laughs> Pick up your damn guitar. Get it tuned and just play it. It's the language of the soul. The guitar. It is. It is. Just music in general is yep. what she's saying. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you can read music. We've yeah. already established that. I can. So we okay. will have some, some status updates. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say like a report coming up maybe within the next couple of episodes or so. It also sucks. There's no video games like on immediate release for me to go and unwind with and play either because that is an outlet that I enjoy, mm-hmm. but I haven't, there hasn't been anything out since like October that I went and got and wanted to play. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, no, I think it's a good idea to take a break from that anyway. Grab your guitar and go sit on the porch in the sun. We finally got some weather. Go enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to. Well, right. thank you guys. No try. Do or do not. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> this is a potpourri episode mm-hmm. of a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Steph. Welcome aboard. Thank you. It was fun. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.